Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with me, your host, Stephen Wallace. The 100 is back this week for the third season with the first game due to feature the Trent Rockets against the Southern Brave. One player set to play in the opening game of the tournament is our guest today, Naomi Ditani, who has just moved to the Rockets after two seasons playing at Lord's with the London Spirit. The British South Asian all-rounder who has moved around a lot during her cricket career, both domestically and internationally, gives her thoughts on the challenges those moves have made to her cricketing development. Rosa Simpkin of Rosa Talks Ball, a recent guest on the Paddock and the Pavilion, also joins us to select her winner of the tournament. Check out her surprising choice. But let's catch up with Naomi to find out who she would like to bat with if she could choose anyone in history, as well as finding out how excited she is to be playing in the third season of The 100. Hello, Naomi. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm looking forward to our chat. And before we talk about The 100 and, and much more, how has the season been going with you at Northwest Thunder? Yeah, it's been going really well. Obviously, a new team up north and a lot of change changes up there. Um, but I've really enjoyed um, being part of the squad and um, and then all the success that's come um, our way, reaching their first ever T- uh, T20 finals day, which is really special to be a part of. Um, and my my personal first finals day in the T20 comp um, in the Charlotte Edwards Cup. So, yeah, really enjoying playing up north and the girls are great and the coaching staff and everything to go with it. Being at Old Trafford is pretty cool as well. So you settled in as a Londoner up, Londoner up north then? Yeah, I think so. I think I get called posh sometimes um, up there. Um, but, um, yeah, definitely the most south person um, in the team, I think, over there. So, um yeah, it's. I'm still understanding everyone's different accents um, from where they come from. And what's it been like playing with people like Emma Lamb, Sophie Eccleston? You've been, been opening the batting with Emma Lamb. Yeah, um, yeah, Lammy's been great. Uh, it's been really cool to open the batting with her, and um, I think we get on really well um, as an opening pair and kind of complement each other really well. And yeah, so like being amongst Sophie Eccleston and and Kate Cross as well, really world class bowlers. Um, just you know watching how they go about their business and kind of is just nice and friendly and, and and just really cool to have that um England have those England girls there part of the squad and playing wise have you been happy with the way you've been doing yeah I think it's obviously taken a, maybe a few games to to settle um but yeah really happy especially um as I've got a really clear bowling role um in this team and I feel like I've been doing really well with the ball in hand and um, yeah, just long may it continue. So do you prefer to open? I've noticed you've moved down to number three at times. You, you'd rather open than bat number three or? 
I think it's varied. I've batted in I've batted um in positions one to seven in my career. So um I think I, as a batter I'm quite adaptable. I don't mind opening, don't mind being at three and then occasionally um in the T20s I was also batting at five, six or floating around. So um I think that's a massive strength of mine to just be able to adapt to different situations and and um play what's in front of me. Well, with the bowling, you're always in the game, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely found that role um which I really enjoy, especially at the at the death. It um I like that competition of um that no batter is gonna score a boundary off me in the last two, three, four overs. So I like that battle and um I think um definitely found my my role as bowler. Well let's move on to the hundred. You're about to play in the third season of the hundred, it's the you're going to play in the first game, hopefully for the Trent Rockets against the Southern Brave on the first of August. How excited are you about the hundred and moving to a, a new new team? Yeah, I think the hundred is a really exciting competition. Like I already feel the build up um, towards it. I'm looking forward to joining up with Trent Rockets this year, and um, yeah, it should be a new challenge. Um, pretty cool to play at Trent Bridge. Um, I know it's no Lords, I guess, from the last. Um, last couple of years but I'm I'm really looking forward to the batting track that Trent Bridge has to offer um, and yeah just can't wait to get going and um, rep the yellow kit that we've got going on this year as well. <laughs> yeah you'll get used to wearing that blue kit won't you? Uh, yeah. You must miss you, you're going to miss playing at Laws that must have been fantastic. Oh yeah that was that was an incredible experience the last couple of years just calling Laws your home ground um, you know being in the change room you know walking through the walking through the long room when you come out to bat and um I mean the Lord's lunches were pretty special as well so um yeah I will miss it and I'll miss like the home fan base that I had um as well but I'm looking forward to a, a new challenge and I'm um, really excited with the girls that we got in the squad as well. I suppose with the draft system this was always possible that you could get moved to a different team. Yeah I think so like I, I entered the draft and um I guess you don't know what's out there unless you put yourself um put yourself forward um and and then yeah like you know it didn't go to plan with with the draft but then having conversations with teams around where where I wanted to go and just weighing up where I would have the best role and you know things got mixed up a lot so um I felt that Trent Rockets had the best role for me and and again it's a new challenge and um I always welcome new challenges um when they come my way and you'll get a chance to play with some more star cricketers. Um, I mean, you probably played with, played against, and with some of these players before, but uh, you you get to play with new overseas players, I guess. Yeah, it's really exciting. I'm actually I've played with um, Lizelle Lee before. I've never met Harman Preet Kaur, um, so I'm really looking forward to speaking with her and seeing how she goes about her business. Um, and Alana Kin, she's actually a really good friend of mine. Um, got to play with her. Um, in Melbourne when I was in Australia for the two seasons I was there so I'm really excited um, to be on the same team with her again so I can't wait for that. And what is it you like about the the hundred is it the crowds that the the, the the kids that get to watch the games that the two games on one day we've got the, the women's game and the men's game? I think yeah the crowds are definitely a massive bonus I think a couple of years ago when we first had uh, the crowds come in I was quite nervous and didn't know how to navigate that as a player but now I really enjoy when all the crowds come it gives you a real sense a real buzz um, when you're playing and it's just really cool to see all the little girls and boys in the crowd and 
um just building like your own personal fan base as well like it's definitely helped me as a cricketer and build my profile up as well certainly made a difference i think to the women's game hasn't it the profile it's given with bbc coverage as well yeah it's amazing i think when you put free to air games on bbc um and you you can just see the difference it makes like so many kids know about the 100 they can associate with teams they can kind of follow the players around on social media in a way um and so yeah having that on bbc is is really cool and i think we need to get more and more games um on bbc playing wise how how different is it playing a t20 and 100 i know it's it's obviously 20 balls but what are the differences i think the biggest difference is actually the the speed of the game like uh because you bowl 10 balls from one end it it does go quite quickly so i think it's the speed and it's actually quite an art I think to try and slow that game down as best as you can um but in essence it is just another it is just the same as a t20 and um but yeah it's pretty cool if you got to bowl 10 balls in a row or or something like that but yeah I really enjoy it and your role at the Trent Rockets you, you probably don't know whether you're going to be well, hopefully you're going to be used as an all-rounder but you don't know what sort of bats a batting order you're going to be batting yeah, not not sure entirely yet, but yeah, definitely going in as an all rounder, and hopefully have more opportunity. As I said, with the with the ball this time this year, so um, yeah, I'll, we'll just have to wait and see and see how that goes. And looking up your last game in the hundred, you were player of the match. Yeah, that was a really um, special moment for me. I, you know, it wasn't I didn't have a high scoring game as such, but the situation that was in front of me. Um, was quite difficult being five down, six down and only having to chase 80. So that was a really special moment for me, something that I've always had a little goal to be a player of the match in, in the tournament. And, and when it happened, it was um, uh, pretty cool. And I had a lot of my family watching that day as well. So that was really special. And hopefully your family will still get up to, to Nottingham to watch some of the games. Well, yeah, I think, um, um, well, it's a, an away game at Edgebaston, but all of my mum's side of family is about 20, 30 of them coming to coming to Edgebaston. So um, that's pretty cool. And again, that's a massive um, moment for me. Like before, they probably wouldn't have come and watched, but now they're really keen and interested. So I can't wait to see all my family. I've got a lot of family in, in the Midlands, so I'm sure there will be plenty of them coming. With no Commonwealth Games, then we're going to have eight games this year rather than the six. And I think that that'll help won't it because it did seem quite short for the the women's game last year with only six matches yeah it was a bit strange six matches I think eight is the perfect number I think it'll be really cool to play the I guess the derby against um Phoenix a couple of times um so yeah eight games will open up the competition and if you lose a couple of games you can always feel like you can get back into it as well briefly I'd like to go back to how you got started in cricket how did you first get started in cricket yeah so um my I've got an older brother and kind of that usual story playing the back garden um with my brother during the summer uh, we played lots of sports to be honest a bit of basketball a bit of tennis hand volley whatever it be whatever we can make up in our garden and then he he went and found me a local boys cricket club in Perivel um so in West London and I, I joined there and then someone came up to me and said, oh, that we've got some under 11s Middlesex trials. I had no idea girls played cricket. And then I got into Middlesex from 10 years old and 
still playing till this day through through that pathway and made my senior debut when I was 14 um, for the Middlesex women. So that's kind of how I got started and then everything kind of kind of evolved from there. Were you always an all-rounder? I started off as a bowler and batted at nine, ten, to be honest. Um, so for a lot of my career, I was um, I, I would say up until like 20, 21, I probably was more of a bowler. Um, and I recognised that I needed to work on my batting, which led me to take the plunge and go to Australia and work on my batting over there. Um, and then I came back as an all-rounder. We mentioned off-air that you've, you've moved about with, with teams quite a lot. Um, Surrey Stars, Western Storm, Northwest Thunder, Sunrisers, London Spirit, you know, uh, Trent Rockets. You, you've certainly moved about a bit. When when did, as a, a young cricketer, did, did was there a moment when you wanted to be a professional cricketer or did that really come when you got your contract in 2020? I think when I was around like 15, 16, I was involved in some uh, like junior England pathways um, and I kind of got a real sense of like what the standard was. And at the time, playing for England was the only route to professionalism. Um, so I had that. That was has always been my goal and has always been my dream to play for England. But um, I guess I had to study um, and stuff in between to make sure to make sure you know, I had a plan B. Um, and as I said, I went to Australia when I was 21, when I finished university, and I said, I'm going to dedicate 100% of my time um, to to training um, and to seeing what my potential has to offer. And then again, we had no idea that it was going to be professional in 2020. So when that came about, especially as that was the COVID year, it was a real um, surprise. I was unemployed. I had no, like nothing coming in. Um, so for me, that was a real blessing in disguise during a year that was, I guess, really difficult for a lot of people. Does a, a contract then bring pressure and 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 in and other ways help as well? Yeah, I think initially you get labelled as a professional cricketer, and it and then everyone assumes that you just know what to do straight away. So. There was a lot of pressure, you know, I put that I put on myself and I was like, oh, I'm a professional cricketer. I should be doing X, Y, Z. I should be scoring runs, taking wickets and all of that. But actually give it cutting, cutting myself a little bit of slack. I probably only today think feel like I'm a genuine professional cricketer. It does everything off the field in terms of recovery, um, in terms of mindset and and everything that goes along with it. So um and to know that it's okay if you don't score runs or don't um, take wickets, you know, every game doesn't feel like a high pressure game anymore. Whereas maybe when I started, it felt like a lot of pressure and I felt a lot more people had eyes on you because of that label. Well, that can easily happen in a, in a T20 game, can't it? Because you're, you're facing the situation when you go in. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know people are watching people are watching what you do all the time and I guess I guess you've got to get good at ignoring all of that and concentrating on the ball that's coming down at you when you're batting or concentrating on the ball that you're going to bowl um, and everything else you can worry about later you've got to play the game that's in front of you. And I suppose with with contracts you can have a contract but they're they're not necessarily long term in years are they? No I think 
Um, initially, when we started, they were one-year contracts. Uh, last year, that changed, and there was the option to have a two-year contract. And in some cases, some some girls have got a three-year contract, depending on where they are. So that brings a lot more security and um, a lot more ease with where your future is at, maybe a, at a team. So um, I think that's only going to move forward. I think we'll start seeing longer-term contracts, you know, three, four years. Um, which will be amazing for the game. But preparation-wise, being a professional cricketer must help with fitness and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, before I was a pro, I was, you know, working around 25 hours a week coaching and I would equally fit about 15 to 20 hours of training on top of that. So now I don't have to coach. Um, I can actually recover, do my fitness, concentrate on nutrition um, and actually recover I'm very bad at sitting still and doing nothing so um it's kind of forced me to to do that and especially up up north I've I've learned that lesson big time um being being able to switch off um away from training you talked about your move across to Australia to play a winter of cricket I think you also went you went to Melbourne I think you've been to Perth as well haven't you how much of an effect did they have on your cricketing career and development so yeah, the first time I went to Australia um, in Melbourne, I was 21, 22 and hands down, that was probably one of the best investments I ever made. Um, I saved up money. I got a job um, to save up for that. And I worked with a coach over there um, who really helped my batting, Cole Sandry. And he um, yeah, made a massive impact in the type of batter I am today, um, really unlocked that potential and made me see what I was capable as a batter. And so that was a really great investment. And I have so many fun. I got to travel around Melbourne, um, Australia as well, and and um, meet lots of cool people and places and things like that. So that had a massive impact on my career. And that was a pretty much whirlwind year where I came back, having just batted at nine the year before, came back into a new English season. And we had a new coach at the time. And he said, there was an opening batting spot available and I said I would really like to do it um took it and and then the rest is history in a way I'm now considered as a top order batter which is um I have a lot to thank for um to Paran Cricket Club in, in in Melbourne in that first year. How tough was the cricket in Australia? Yeah it was pretty tough I think the club structure is really competitive um I could at that time, I would say the club structure could have rivaled with our county structure um, around six, seven years ago. Um, so it was really competitive. And when, especially when all the state girls were around, um, it was even more competitive. So I actually learned a lot of uh, a lot about um, what the next level was um, and what I had to do. So, yeah, competitive. And I, I would recommend anyone going to Australia to to go and experience that as well. And did it help you as a, as a person as well? You know, obviously having to live over there as well for quite a long period. Yeah, six, seven months was quite a long time away from home. I know I had been to uni for three years before that, but this was obviously a million miles away. And it was the first time I'd gotten a plane by myself as well. So um, that was pretty scary going all the way to Australia um, by myself. But I'm quite an independent um, person. So um, I'm quite streetwise. So um yeah it was I learned a lot about myself in terms of what I like to enjoy 
what I like to do for fun, um, how to have downtime. I started reading a lot more books, going for walks, going for runs, and just like got to understand myself better as I started to travel around the country as well. So it was a really important trip and I'm really glad I done it at that time. I saw your um uh, YouTube video with the dog as well. <laughs> yeah, that was in that was in Perth. Um I actually had a really big fear of dogs. Um and uh when they told when they told when the club told me that I was staying with this couple who's got a Labrador, um, his name was Lou, and they were like, Will you be okay? I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna have to go for it. Um and he was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> I absolutely loved my time um with him and that was that was quite fun so yeah so you've got no fear of dogs anymore no not anymore i even i've done a trent rockets appearance with dogs trust um which was pretty cool as well so um yeah no fears of dogs anymore we mentioned about all the the moves you've made in cricket you said you were you were streetwise how do you handle all these different moves i mean some of them i don't know how they've all come about but you have moved about a lot haven't you yeah, moved about a lot. I think early on during the Kia Super League, I mean, that was just, I guess, how things happened at that time. Um, and then, yeah, this year, you know, with the move to Thunder and then moving from Spirit to um, to Trent Rockets and then having travelled, I've travelled to Australia, India, Dubai, South Africa, like all these places. I don't know. As I said, I'm quite independent and I've always welcomed like if something was uncomfortable then I'd rather step into it um and kind of I don't want to finish my career uh, with what ifs or having any regrets so I'd rather give it my 100% to see what happens and if it if it didn't work out at least I know that I tried um and I made that promise to myself when I went to Australia the first time to to kind of give 100% to cricket to get as much out of it as I can and I'm and I'm still kind of living living by that. And in terms of handling it, I think it has been difficult. I won't I won't lie. Like being up in Thunder, away from my family and away from my boyfriend as well, has been quite difficult. And again, I've had to learn learn a little bit more about myself, how to handle social social situations, how to kind of switch off, how to um, manage my time, um, and how to work with coaches work with players in terms of being flexible and kind of building up a trust with those people around me I think once I do that I think I can navigate situations quite well and um, I think I'm quite good with people so um, in terms of building trust and communicating so I think that's a massive skill to have if you do move around um, and just being open and honest with people around you. Oh thanks for that and as a British South Asian did you face challenges and have you faced challenges throughout your career is I think this like I always find this a tricky conversation because um you know I probably haven't I probably only realized in the last two three years the kind of maybe like all the things that were against me growing up as a um as a female South Asian who comes from a state school like realistically I had no right to become a professional cricketer but I have and um, I guess that goes you know for me I think that's because of the personality I have and I guess the resilience I have I don't really pay attention to certain things that are as I said I if a challenge comes my way I'm going to I'm going to try and overcome it 
so yeah I think there have been challenges I guess um but also I, I find my my platform that I have today really exciting and like I just want to be out there trying to inspire many more South Asian girls to take up the sport to take up any professional sport to be honest um and just create a bigger opportunity for them and if they can see me playing then I hope that they can they can dream of playing a professional sport one day are the more British South Asians now coming through the system yeah I think so I think um I can only really speak from I guess like a London point of view Middlesex having been around coaching in different clubs and um county pathways there's definitely a high high percentage um of um South Asian girls playing the sport I think the biggest challenge is the education around them going to the next level um and that goes with their parents and the communities around around it and making sure county pathways and schools all align in helping them as best as they can through maybe those years 14 15 16 that's probably the really crucial age not just as a South Asian but as a any female um, athlete so yeah there's definitely more coming through and I just hope we keep them in the game and kind of help them when when things get tough and what's your feeling on the the growth of women's sport it seems to be going through the roof now Uh... it's rocketed big time I think um there's just so much more on tv there's so much visibility on in the media um and so many more opportunities that are being created i mean um there's a you know is pretty significant as a documentary on netflix called game on that um a lady named um sue antis made you know having a documentary on women's sport that is on netflix is pretty a big deal so um I'd encourage anyone to go and watch it. It's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, that's just going into the mainstream. So the more people, lots more people are going to see it and see what happens in, in the game. So it's pretty cool. And um, I think everyone's just riding the wave and trying to keep ma- making it better and better as the years go on. Not just cricket, but the, the Lionesses winning the, the Euros seem to be a, a massive thing for women's sport. Yeah, like really big. And I think they've done really cool things on the back of um on the back of winning those euros you know speaking to the government around um helping football be become more accessible in 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 schools and um and they're like pledged to to generate more and more girls playing the sport so um that's what we want to see we want to just see it being a level playing field and um creating more professional teams and 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 seeing that so women's sport is definitely on the rise and we've got the the Women's World Cup football that's going to be on BBC and ITV coming up as well. Yeah, that'll be cool. I'm I'm looking forward to watching that. Hopefully, the Lionesses can um, do one better than Euro- the the Euros in terms of winning the World Cup. That'll be that'll be uh, amazing. Hopefully, they can they can do that and beat USA, um, who are reigning champs. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got a question to ask you now. But before I ask you the question and. Uh, I just wanted to take you back to the 22nd of April, 2022. You must remember that day when you got a a century, an undefeated century (laughs) in a 20-over game at Lords. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was wondering what what happened on that day. Um, Yeah, that was, that was, I always um, remember that innings quite well because 
I thought that was an innings of two halves for me. I've like played the first 40 balls I faced, I got 50. And I thought to myself, why are you batting so slow? Like this is, this I need to get on with it. And then the next 17 balls, I've got a 50. And then, and there we were with a hundred um, at Lords. And the girls are really um, uh, made my day when they went and put a 102 endatani on the, on the away honours board in the changing room, which was, which was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I'll remember that day for a while. I must check now I've got the right day, but I did check on Crick Archive, 22nd of April. <laughs> you got 102 not out for the Sunrisers, Sunrisers against the MCC. You actually faced 58 balls in total and you got and you got wickets as well. We got a wicket opening the bowling. Yeah, it's a pretty good day out, a very good day out. So, um, yeah, I will definitely, definitely remember that for a long time. I've got a special question now for you on the on the paddock and the pavilion if you could bat with anyone in history who would it be and why in history oh um i think i would actually love to bat with charlotte edwards um i've always known her to be a competitor even the way she goes about her coaching played with her but i don't think i ever got to um bat bat with her in a club game um but because I was only 15 at the time um so I think she'd be really cool and I think I'd learn a lot from how she manages her innings and you've not been coached by her yet then no no I've not been coached by her maybe one day and and the future for yourself um you still hope that you could one day play for England or is that is that still something you'd like to do yeah, I mean, I'd love to love to play for England. As I said, it's always been um, a goal to to get there. And I think for me now, I just kind of play to the, try and play to the best of my potential. And if that leads to playing for England and getting a lot of opportunity, then I'll obviously welcome that with open arms. But I just want to enjoy enjoy my cricket and get. If I leave the sport knowing that I've achieved my potential, I'd be. I'd be very happy and um and I am confident that that if I show you that then that should should get into England but as I said I just want to enjoy the the journey and enjoy the process of getting to my potential. It's now time to hear Rose's prediction for this season's women's 100. Get ready for a shock. Which team do you think will win this year's women's 100? Anyone who knows me knows I like making really bold and unlikely predictions. So here we go. As ridiculous as it may sound after their form in the first couple of years, I honestly think Welsh Fire have a chance this year. I think they've got a really good group of players together. I mean, they've got the likes of Sophia Dunkley. They've got Tammy Beaumont. They've got Hayley Matthews. They've got Shabnam Ishmael. And then they've also got domestic talents such as Sarah Bryce, Nichols and Alex Alex Hartley so I think that in previous years they haven't had a great balance within their squad they've they've been really strong in certain areas and much weaker in others but they're much more balanced this year so I genuinely think that if they get their heads together they could go far oh I wasn't expecting that so it's not going to be a repeat final again this year between the uh, Oval Invincibles and the Southern Bray we've had that for two years running we have, and I have to say it has been a little bit frustrating that it's been the same final two years in a row. 
Um, but I don't think we'll see it again. I think the draft has given the other teams more of an opportunity to bag the big players. Because if you're like if you're Alyssa Healy coming over, you're gonna go want to go to a team who's been doing well, you know, you're not gonna probably not gonna want to go to London Spirit or Welsh Fire as your first choice because they haven't been performing. But the the draft aspect has meant that they can grab these players and it creates a lot more balance. So I don't think we will see Oval Invincibles win again. At least I hope we don't. And for listeners, are there any players we should look out for? I mean, are people you know, players that played for like the England women's under-19 side, some people like that? I think definitely Davina Perrin is a good one to look out for. Um, 16 years old. She had a great has had a great season last year, has had a good one this year. And I think she actually had a chance to play this year in this Phoenix side. Sophia Smale as well, young spinner from Western Sportstorm. And then in terms of some regional cricket talent, the likes of Emily Arlott, who was third highest wicket taker last year, but probably didn't have enough said about her. And Grace Potts as well. I think she's been phenomenal this season. Her economy rates have been unbelievable and she's also been taking wickets. So it'd be really interesting to see how she does for the Rockets this year. So, but you're you're going for the Welsh fire? Yes, I am. And I'm hoping I don't regret saying that. Any final thoughts on this year's 100, which is going to start, as I said earlier, on the 1st of August? I'm really excited to play with Trent Rockets. They went to the finals last year so hopefully we can do one better and and actually win win the 100 and um yeah I'm really excited to to get going and um yeah I can't wait to to be in that bubble and experience all the highs and lows that go with it well it's a fabulous place to play cricket at Trent Bridge Uh, not quite Lords but still a a major test ground yeah it'll be a cool place um uh and as I said it's a very good batting wicket so hopefully score plenty of runs out there. Yeah, well, I hope it goes like it did your last game in the 100 when you were player of the match. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, feel in a lot better place than I did last year. So I'm hoping um, hoping for good things this year. Well, thank you very much, Naomi, for joining me on the Paddock and the Pavilion. Thank you. It was a real pleasure of having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.